Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you guys today? It is hump day, Wednesday. And I want to welcome you to another episode of You Are Loved. I am your host, Lita, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. You can listen to our podcast on Spotify. You can also listen to our podcast on You Can't Clip My Wings Facebook page. And you can also go check out You Can't Clip My Wings and read some of our blogs. Now, I want to say welcome, 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 welcome. And I think what I want to do is for this week, I know we're right in the middle of the week. We only got two more days left. I want to talk more because we just finished up about our small businesses, um, launching, managing, and all that. So we talked about all that, and I hope you guys got a lot out of that. Um, hold up. I'm sorry, I forgot I even had it going, and I'm kind of talking over it. <laughs> but I want to say, um, um, since we got through with that, I think we should kind of talk a little bit about um, mental. Let's talk about mental. After all of that good information that was given to you guys, and I hope you can use it, um, let's talk about the mental. How are we now? We got all of that in. How do we um, work it? How do we use it? How do we make it work for us? So we want to talk about that. I want to uh, touch on some things that I'm in the process of learning at the same time. Um, we're going to talk about that um, probably next week. We're going to try to start making our episodes have a certain um, a main course, in other words, that we're going to talk about. So this this week, let's go ahead and finish out our um, information about uh, mental health and the connection with small businesses trying to get your business off the ground or trying to fix and redo, uh, uh, reevaluate, replan um, your business that you already have in your existing businesses. So let's let's kind of talk a little bit um, about that right now. Um, I think it's very important um, that we look at some of the things that probably can affect us being in a despairing mood. So one thing um, I found um, some information on, and I thought it was really, really good information, um, is, okay, is uh, something I do. And I, I do it, and I've always been doing it. I just never really took it to another level. But in my book, I definitely wrote about the ideal that we need to do that. Always do this, if nothing else. Um because we're in a new reality, okay, we might need to look at, overall, look at how we're faring in this new reality, okay? Um, give me one second. I'm sorry, I had to get some sunshine in while I had an opportunity to. All right, so... Um, yeah, I'm in my room. I'm sitting in my bed and doing this because it's so wonderful to be able to do that. Okay. Um, <laughs> so let's kind of talk about that. Um, and wow. Okay. So let's talk about that a little bit. 
Okay, so as you know, we've been quarantined. Um, and you're probably tired of looking at your own face. <laughs> People are experiencing Zoom exhaustion because everything is on Zoom now. From the full frontal exposure of their own other people's faces of increased size, intensity, and duration. Okay, you might also feel like you're under a microscope, excuse me, because in a way you are. Um, if you look away, yawn, or avert your gaze for even a few seconds, it instantly apparent to everyone. In-person meetings rarely require that we face um, others at that magnitude. So you've got to remember when you're you're on Zoom, and I, I do videos, and I know every now and then um, I might cough <laughs> or I might sneeze or I might look like I'm not really paying attention or I might look like I'm zoned out, but I'm really not. I noticed that my eyes have this thing that they do, and I didn't realize it for a long time until I actually went back and watched a lot of my videos that my eyes do a fluttering, like a constant fluttering or they'll do a round, like a, um, <laughs> like a hypnotic round, round, they'll keep going around and around. I'm like, okay, what is this? But I don't notice it until I actually look at it. So yeah, that is something. Other people can see it, but I can't. Um, In-person meetings rarely require that we face others at this magnitude. Nor do they require that we continuously see each other in, in, in the background. Or maybe it's just passing by that mirror in your living space for the hundredth time in a day. Especially if you've been quarantined alone. You've likely been seeing yourself more than usual. So here's some surprising news. Think about this. Which happens to be supported by research. If you're feeling loneliness insecurity or despair, three common features of a, a current pandemic. <clears throat> One solution is to look at yourself more, not less. You can start by looking into the mirror. Hmm? We look in the mirror and we put our makeup on. Do we literally look in the mirror and then look within ourselves when we get in the mirror? I don't do it all the time, but I know there are times when I do it when I need to. Um, if you believe that gazing into a mirror often increases discomfort, well, you're right. But doing the opposite of what makes you comfortable can have a real benefits. Can have real benefits. Excuse me. As a research scientist, I've been exploring how mirrors and reflections influence our psychological states, particularly how people navigate the self-conscious, activated by seeing their reflection. Contrary to the myth of narcissists, uh, most people do not instantly fall in love with their image. That's right. The mirror orients. Orient or excuse me, our perception to how others see us. Um, we often reflexively find flaws in our appearances when we take this perspective. So we see the things wrong with us. I know I have bags up under my eyes. They're a little puffy up under my eyes. I noticed that. I noticed that my eyelashes are thin. Okay. I'm being critical of myself. So that's something wrong. Um, I noticed that um, I have small, real small bumps in my face, okay? Those are the things I'm noticing, okay? But when you're in self-recognition studies, experiments stealthily placed a dot on a child's forehead. When the children see their reflection and try to remove the mark, it infers that they have developed a sense of self because they can recognize themselves in the mirror. Seeing to the dot also commonly produces feelings of shame and embarrassment. 
similar to spotting a smudge on your face or spinach in your teeth. In this way, shame and embarrassment can become associated with mirrors. People may go to great lengths to dodge looking at themselves in an attempt to avoid these unpleasant states of self-consciousness that often produce the self-critical emotions. Yes. Okay. I can walk by a mirror and I can see how fat I am. Oh, I say I'm fat. Other people say I'm not, but I see fat. And I'm not on a diet. I'm not doing any, no real exercise other than running back and forth uh, through the house, but not really no major exercises. I'm not walking or doing anything. I'm not lifting weights or nothing like that. Um, so I see myself as fat. Other people might, but when I look in the mirror, that's what I see. And another thing, let me let me let me break something down, or let me say how. This really, really is a, it's a good and bad thing. I have a sister who um, always, well, when she was younger, she had a beautiful shape. When she got older and having kids and life and everything, she started gaining weight. Well, there was a time when she felt like she was not worthy because of her weight. She let her weight control everything about her or defined her. And because she let her weight define her, she finally lost the weight. And she says, and me and her, we talk all the time. I don't think she minds me telling this. She says sometimes when she looks in the mirror, she still sees the overweight person. She doesn't see the noun skinny person. She sees the noun overweight person. So that's a mental battle that she has to deal with. So... When we don't want to do that, this is how we look at um, ourselves, and this is where we produce our self-critical emotions, okay? And that was a perfect example for that because that happens all the time. Um, I don't see, I can look at pictures of myself when I was younger. I could see how well, um, how I took care of myself back then. And how, well, at the time I was in the military, so I had no other choice but to keep my weight down. I had no other choice but to do, you know, things that I'm supposed to because I was disciplined to do. That discipline doesn't always cross over into your regular life because things change. You're not in a stable environment all the time. You, the military taught you stability. If nothing else, it taught you accountability, responsibility, and stability. You had a stable life. When you get out the military, and you sometimes try to emulate that life, it's kind of hard. So you go through struggles in that process. So in the process of you going through those struggles, there is a chance that you gain weight. There is a chance that you lose weight. There is a chance that you start to get sick. There is a chance that you're mentally breaking down. All of those things take place when when you were in the military, you had everything at your 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 hands that you can take care of. You know, you didn't have to worry about that. But once we got out, that was a whole different ballgame. I'm not saying that happens to everybody. People get out and be very successful when they get out. But a lot of people who, and it depends on how they came in, actually affects how they are coming out. So a lot of people did not have that luxury. I know a lot of my friends um, that are prior military that don't look the same, that they did gain weight. Some of them are dead. You know, um, some of them had a hard time. Some of them, when they got out, things just did not work out for them. 
and some of them took their lives. I mean, there's so many different aspects of how we reacted to life in so many different ways, and these things can take place. So we have to always know that even though we don't have control over some things that happen in our lives, but we can be, we can take some of the things that we learned in the military and take that on the outside and actually work it. It doesn't always happen that way, but it can happen that way, okay? Um, so, I, and I just wanted to say that on, I don't, I, I'm hoping I did not uh, go off kilter of what I was trying, the point I was trying to make. I was trying to make is that the ideal is self-critical and being self-conscious can really, really affect us. And and th that self-consciousness we have about ourselves can definitely m make us or create those self-critical emotions. I'm too fat. Um, my arms are too big. My eyes are too big. I don't have eyelashes. I have a big, I have big lips, which I'm very proud of. I have a big nose. You know, all these things we look at at ourselves in the mirror can do that. Um, somebody made a comment. I thought it was very rude, but somebody made a meme says, they said, um, uh, women or people with pretty eyes and are ugly now got a chance. So you say that to somebody and just imagine how people feel because now you're talking about how other people see you when you make that comment. And you always want to like, oh, do I have pretty eyes? You know, you want to say some things to yourself that really not does not have anything to do with you. But that self-consciousness is always there about yourself. Okay, so that's why looking into a mirror is important. In our experiments, participants sit in front of a mirror for 10 minutes or more without any specific goals or instructions. Simply being with themselves and experiencing whatever arises. And I love doing that sometimes. They follow the general principles of mindfulness meditation, keeping your attention in the present moment, maintaining an open awareness of what you're experiencing, and having a kind intention towards yourself. Now, that is a good idea. It says, by confronting their image in this way, they become more aware of their discomfort from simply being with themselves, and they become more aware of their emotions. Oh, now, it says, a research participant in our meditation study, whom I'll call Carly, this is an example, um, um, was example how we commonly experience uh, comfort, discomfort from seeing ourselves. When she sat in front of the mirror, um, she urged to mitigate the intensify by diverting her attention to checking her phone or reaching for a snack in her bag. So she constantly was doing stuff because she was not able... She was not ready to look herself in the mirror. She wanted to critique her parents, suck in her stomach, and adjust her hair and clothing. She also looked to the experimenter for affirmation that she was doing it right and secretly planned what she was going to do once the experiment session was over. So think about that. Instead of her just doing just that, just sitting in front of the mirror and staring at herself, she definitely found other things to do. She wanted her hair to look right. She wanted her eyes to look right. She wanted everything to look right so that when she looked in the mirror, she could feel better. Wow. Without any structure or script, her attention ping-ponged from one topic to another in an attempt to avoid the emotional intensity of seeing herself. In general, face-to-face -face contact provides a lot of emotions. Right. Um, so, developmental um, psychologist 
find that we learn how to display and regulate our emotions through the feedback and reflection we receive during early face-to-face -face interaction, okay? So what happens when we have a face-to-face -face contact with ourselves? For one thing, it often externalizes what goes on inside us. So on Cap Carly's case, the mirror reflected her discomfort and impatience. The more she looked at herself, the more uncomfortable and impatient she felt. Her self-mirroring created a feedback loop that intensified her experience. So she did not want to sit there and look at herself. She wanted to find everything else to do instead of just looking and saying, you know what, this is really, really me. And you know what, it's probably more people like that out there than we know that do not like to look at themselves. That's crazy, but it's true. So she said she asked her to shift her attention to what is called a metacognitive perception perspective in which we can become aware of how we are thinking and perceiving as we're doing it. When she was able to step back and observe herself, her self-awareness increased and she stated she realized how unkind she was to herself. Okay. She'd been hiding from the, and ignoring herself, especially when she was in emotional pain and distress. So she didn't want to, uh, face whatever it is that she's going through. As Carly continued to practice the mirror meditation, she got better at being herself and tolerating her feelings. As she observed herself, she learned more about how her thoughts created different emotions. Okay. It says that research shows that one of the most effective ways to dismantle self-criticism or the voice in your head known as the inner critic is to change your perception in this way. Mirrors accelerate the process in both directions. They can either intensify the pain of self-criticism or provide means to treat themselves more client, ourselves more kindly. Studies also have found that uh, mirrors can boost the effects of compassionate self-talk. So when you look in the mirror, I think I have one of those versions in my book. When you look in the mirror and you say to yourself, I love you. I love you. And you say that enough and you start feeling that towards yourself. Because I believe that there are a lot more people out there who do not love themselves. They say it in their mouths, out of their mouths, but they literally don't really love themselves themselves. Okay. And I think this mirror, um, experiment can definitely help you, um, to do that, to say to yourself, I love you. I learned of Ackerman yesterday. It was after the show and it's fly, fly first love yourself. And I'm definitely, excuse me. I'm going to get that put on the shirt. I think that would be so cute. The be on a shirt, a t-shirt. Fly. First, love yourself. Okay? Now. Now, it says, participants who said self-compassionate phrases in the mirror reported higher levels of soothing positive emotions compared to participants who said the phrases without the mirror. They also had more heart rate variability, which is an HRV, which is an indicator that the ability to regulate one's emotion and psychological response. Our sense of self is inherent and weak to our own face. Looking at our, our, 
looking at our own eyes and face while experimenting self-compassionate toward ourselves can profoundly impact our psychological and reduce our stress. Now that we are seeing ourselves and others with greater intensity and under anxiety-provoking circumstances, the mirror may help you get more comfortable with being with yourself and accepting your understanding, accepting, accepting and understanding your emotional, your emotion with compassion. Golly. So can we realize how important Can we realize how important it is for us to pay attention to that whole ideal that we have to look at ourselves, that we have to say to ourselves, I love you. I love you. <laughs> and say that over again. Say it out three times in the mirror every morning. I love you. I love you. I love you. Can we do that? Can we really do that, you guys? I think we can. And I think you should try this experiment. Say to yourself how much you love yourself. Okay? Say to yourself how much you love yourself. And I think it can be done. And I think we should get in the practice of doing it. If you can do it for a week, see how it works for a week, okay? See how you can make that work for you. I promise you, I think you can do it. I really think you can do it. And while I'm sitting here, you guys, and I'm um, talking to you guys, um, every day I write in my weekly planner. And I told you guys about it. I'm going to one day show you my weekly planner. Um, because I think what I want to do with this show, I definitely want to probably let you see me. Okay? We might take it to that level of you being able to uh, see me. Okay. I was looking for something. Um, so what I want to say to that is, um, it would be nice if, um, we do this to ourselves. I think it would be wonderful that we take time out and actually spend time with, uh, making sure that we actually do love ourselves because we can't go on loving other people if we're broken and we don't want to get any help. And you can't get angry at people who will not tolerate you not taking time out to get help. Um, in, the day, in this day and age, people don't have the patience to um, continue to deal with people who don't want to get help. I'm not, I'm not saying to be dis to be um, not passionate enough for that person. I'm saying sometimes they're energy drainers. They're vampires. And they can take a lot out of you. And you don't want that. 
that's what I'm saying. I'm not making it sound like, you know, you abandon anybody. But I do want you to understand that you're just as important mentally as they are. So you have to make a decision on whether or not you want to continue to help a person who's not putting an effort in helping themselves and become, like we said, energy drainers. You don't need that. So, um, you have to make sure that that's not happening. Now, you guys, if you have any suggestions, any any other topic you guys want to talk about, we can set it up where um, we can definitely talk about some things. If you have any problem with that, we can definitely uh, make that happen. Um, like I said today, we basically talked about looking in the mirror, finding who we are, being comfortable with talking to ourselves, telling ourselves we love you. Um, it's not ha It's not always easy to do, but... It can be done. Um, and we can do it. I think we can do it. Definitely. Um, so this week, I like I said before, this week we're going to basically talk about mental. Um, I don't want to take too much more of your time. Um, oh, wow. Found some more stuff. Let's see this one. Okay. I have another thing we're going to talk about too. We'll talk about this one tomorrow. For sure. Okay, we'll talk about that one tomorrow. Um, I think that would be good subject matter. So tomorrow is the 14th already, guys. We're already in the middle of the month. I don't know what's going on in your state or your area. I know here in um, Louisiana, we're supposed to be mo open up 25% um, open tomorrow. Starting, no, not tomorrow, I'm sorry, on Friday. We're supposed to be opening up some things um Friday, but we will see. Okay. We will definitely see if that's going to happen. But in the meantime, I want you guys to have a wonderful day. Um, enjoy your hump day. If you're in a place where there's sunshine, get out if you can. Don't be in a crowd, but get out and about. Um, see some stuff, get some fresh air, get some vitamin D. It's so important to get that vitamin D in, okay? Um, and you guys, you have a great, great day. I'm going to go ahead and move out. I want to go ahead and finish some things that I have to do um, on my list. So, um, we're going to close out the show. Don't forget to go over to our Facebook page. Um, you can't clip my wings and you will find episodes of this. Also, go over, you can't clip my wings, the website, and check it out. Um, uh, what else do we need to do? Yeah. So, if you can do that, if you don't mind. And you guys, share, share, share. Okay? All right? So, we shall talk to you guys later. Bye-bye.